0: A lot of people believe that governments or the social media companies should be responsible for making sure that their platforms don't carry hate speech, and clearly they should. Personally, I don't see that as a long-term solution to the problem.
1: The world is seeing an explosion of hate speech. According to leading international human rights organisation Minority Rights Group, one analysis records a 400-fold increase in the use of hate terms online in Pakistan between 2011 and 2021. The minorities in Pakistan, they themselves
2: have internalised the hate speech issues. People will openly spew hate against them and they are fine with that because they have internalised this thing.
1: Welcome to the United Nations Uniting Against Hate podcast. I'm Katie Dartford and each week I'll be talking to those who've encountered hate speech firsthand, as well as activists and experts from around the world about how they're trying to counter it. Working with its partners around the world, Minority Rights Group has produced a toolkit for minority, intercultural, faith and human rights organisations explaining how they designed and carried out innovative projects to tackle hate speech and what they learnt by doing so. The toolkit covers how to create a lexicon of hate speech terms, how to monitor levels, types, triggers and targets of hate speech and how to report it. It also works with young people all the media to generate positive speech to counter online and offline hate. Two of those organisations who help create the toolkit are Pakistan-based Bites for All, a human rights organisation and research think tank and Iraq-based Kirkuk Now.
3: My name is Salam Omar. I'm the editor-in-chief of Kirkuk now. Kirkuk now is an independent media outlet in Iraq. Our focuses are actually like minorities, IDPs, women and, uh, and children and, of course, freedom of expression and freedom of press.
0: My name is Claire Thomas, and I'm Deputy Director of Minority Rights Group, which is an international NGO which focuses on racism and discrimination. And we work with a number of partners, so around 150 partners in around 60 countries, to try to understand hate speech and its impacts, or or to counter the impacts of hate speech.
2: This is Harun Baloch. I'm a Senior Program Manager. I'm working with Bites for All. Vice is a digital rights organisation where I'm uh, uh, working on the areas of freedom of expression and technology.
1: Could you um, explain a little bit about how you worked together? I know, Claire, you began to touch on that.
0: So, I mean, MRG was lucky enough to be part of a consortium called CREED, which is Coalition for Religious Equality and International Inclusive Development, sorry, um, which allowed us to channel some funding from the then DFID, now FCDO, uh, to try to understand religious exclusion and how it impacts on development and peace and uh, the prevention of conflict and um, yeah, the achievement of human rights. So it was a very much. Um, I don't know. Um, Salam and Harun will comment, but we, we we tried to sort of support them, and then we tried to um, sort of collect together some of the experience across a range of partners and, and share it more broadly, so that there was some learning for international actors more generally, or or people in other countries who could learn from from what we what they had achieved really, which was which was amazing. In the project,
1: and Claire, you've got a toolkit about hate speech. What is that exactly?
0: That the toolkit is exactly that. It. it, it Almost all of it was written by partners and we just kind of collated it and edited it. So it talked about what they'd actually done and what they'd achieved and how they'd done that. So that if you're um, an organization like Salam's or like Haroon's in a different country, you can pick up this toolkit and, and it gives you kind of a suite of options of things that you may be able to do and it shows what's possible. Uh, So it was supposed to be kind of inspirational, but also kind of practical. Great.
1: So Salam and Haroom, could you tell me a little bit more about how you see hate speech manifesting itself in your respective countries?
0: So
3: in Iraq, actually, there are many projects who work on hate speech. But the focus is not only the minorities and also how the exclusion also affects minorities and their daily life. As a media organization, we, we always have two strategies, actually, how to debunk, for example, when it's come to hate speech also around minorities and other groups in the society and also the other way how to produce objective and quality content and then share it on our platforms and share it with other platforms around us. So it gave us the ability actually to monitor also. Like for example, for six months we were monitoring a special minority which is south of Kirkuk in north of Iraq and then, and then we were actually monitoring all walks of life around the Kaka'is in those areas actually in terms of security, women and also like living conditions and those issues also, and then how actually government is responding to, to them also, and then how actually they are being approached on different platforms.
1: What sort of things were people saying in terms of hate speech? And who specifically were some of the targets?
3: The Iraqi media is sharply divided among ethnic and religious lines. And also, we see very, very few in terms of content in the Iraqi media mainstream. And also, if they are actually depicted, they are depicted as problems because they are IDPs. Also, they have problems and they ask for rights. They have for compensations. They actually don't get well in the reconciliation process after ISIS. So whatever you see is negative content. And this negative Negativity actually is approached and then becomes a norm, actually, even when something very, very positive happens, like, for example, Nadia Murat became a Nobel Prize laureate. It still covers it like a problem. People find excuses also to approach them as problems. And that's what's needed, actually, to a counter argument that actually there are very good success stories. They can respond to this also. So with the help of the project, we actually been able to show that very good trends also in that in terms of bringing a lot of quality information onto the media also. Now we actually have received also very, very good feedback from the local communities and also from the academics and also in the media.
1: Harim, could you perhaps tell me from your side what the problems are in Pakistan in terms of hate speech?
2: We started to map out the hate speech trends in Pakistan, especially with regards to religious minorities. So there are certain religious or faith-based groups that are very vulnerable in, in this regard. Uh, especially, I would like to mention about Ahmadis and Shia, and then uh, likewise, it's Hindu and Christian. So, hate speech, it's a phenomena that is very much ingrained in Pakistani society. Because uh, the majority Muslim community is is very large in number, so there are different shades and variations of uh, hate speech. So we were more interested to know, like you know, how uh, the hate speech that is very much there in the society it is uh, being, or, or the social media or the digital platforms are being used as a tool for hate speech to target different religious uh, minority groups. So uh, we started monitoring. Uh, and mapping out uh, the trends. So in our trends, uh, we found out in, in our first year that uh, Ahmadis and Shia and Hindus and Christians, they were uh, the uh, groups who were uh, mainly targeted. And uh, the linkages between the offline hate speech and online hate speeches were, were very interesting because uh, in Pakistan, we, whenever there is any Big event happening with regards to religious minorities, for example, there is a celebration that is going on in Pakistan uh, about uh, the Christmas or Easter, or there is a Diwali or holy happening in Pakistan. All, all the time we see there there are commentary happening on uh, different uh, social media pl- platforms, particularly on Facebook and um, Twitter where uh, people would not uh, shy away from calling their Muslim friends, like, well, you are no more a Muslim because you were greeting uh, Christians or Hindus or uh, other people. So, I mean, like, you know, this is how these hate speech online and offline, they are directed.
1: Have you seen at all in your in your countries or in your work, all three of you, where then hate speech has actually turned into physical or sort of material violence against people? Have you got any examples you can share that you've experienced?
2: There are a lot of cases that happened, I mean... Uh, In 2021, when Ashura was around, based on the trends on social media, I mean, like, you know, Ashura uh, is an event uh, that is related to Shia sect in Pakistan, where they are born. There are 10 days where they start their mourning, and then, like, you know, uh, on the 10th day, they they hold large procession across the country. In all big cities, uh, they uh, organize the uh, processions. Uh, but based on the hate speech that we were able to track on social media in the first four or five days, we had predicted that uh, this year, this Ashura will not be peaceful. And we conveyed this message to the relevant authorities in Pakistan as well. But when the main two days of Ashura, ninth and 10th, uh, they, they were approaching, so we saw that uh, there were a massive hate speech going on. And then one incident happened in Islamabad where one Zakir, he made some comments in his speeches, but his comments were taken out of the context and and presented in a different way that he perhaps committed blasphemy in Pakistan. So uh, immediately after that, his speech was misquoted on social media and and the clips from his uh, speech were also uh, made viral on YouTube and Facebook and other platforms. Within two or three hours, we saw that there was a one mob gathered outside the mosque where he uh, made that uh, remark. So people were gathered outside there and they were raising slogans. Uh, and after that, we saw that there were uh, massive arrests from the Shia sect uh, all across Pakistan. Pakistani government took action uh, that uh, perhaps there were fear that if those Zakirines were not arrested, so it could turn into a huge violence across the country. And then we saw... Dozens of FIRs were registered against different Shia ulama's and then uh, followed by massive protests in Karachi where people pelted stones on the Shia mosques.
1: You're listening to the Uniting Against Hate podcast from the United Nations. I'm Katie Dartford and you're listening to Claire Thomas from Minority Rights Group, Salam Omer, Editor-in-Chief of Kirkuk Now, and Haroon Baloch, Senior Programme Manager of Bites for All in Pakistan. Could we go into a bit more detail about your strategies to counter hate speech? Uh,
3: our focus was how to produce, actually, how positive messages actually could be a counter attack for all this tsunami of hate speech on minorities and other underprivileged groups. So for us, like producing that was very, very important. For us, as part of the project, sometimes we produce like 50 in-depth journalistic reports about the areas which are uh, mainly inhabited by, by minorities. And then those positive messages can affect it by both sides, for example, we were able to impress actually and also put pressure on local authorities also to change their uh, behavior in some areas. We have been also able to be a voice of them and where sometimes, like for example, we reported about families who didn't have like enough money or enough time or shelter at those areas for example, people started to jump in even from diaspora, or to send in money and support and also even in one case like they also tried to build a house for one of the persons who were under the reporting. So actually uh, the positive feedback was there and it it was not from within the minorities actually, it came from the other areas of the the argument. So that was very very good for me, for us actually and also the trust we built with them actually between our network and also like as journals free journals and also the communities now so they actually asking us and also if there's something of their concern, they come back to us because that stage of the project was very very, very important to be close to them because they were under pressure. There were areas, for example, 5,000 Christians had one doctor, one physician, and then after success work on that, it has become five doctors. So we keep working on those areas. So sending out a positive message and also building the network with the minorities and also putting pressure on the local government and also international organizations to see what's going on. So that was actually a very, very good period for us. And then what we have contributed also in the toolkit is about actually the experience have become a model now. You can work on it also and so forth, the future projects and also how you work. Actually, in conflict areas and other aspects. So, there are very, very good lessons during that period we have learned. Actually, there are many, many projects that talk about how we confront hate speech, and that there's no strategy. But when you actually hit some areas and then you have a strategy and a goal, it actually can function.
1: Haroon you ran a campaign called I Don't Follow Hate. Can you tell me some more about that?
3: Yeah. So, I mean, like, uh,
2: beside the monitoring the hate speech trends, we also thought uh, very important to counter hate speech as well Uh, and then we also thought that it would be a good strategy to start with if we launch a campaign in online spaces to counter hate speech in online spaces so there we started working on this campaign hashtag i don't forward hate speech for that campaign we sought the pledges from different uh, like-minded organizations in pakistan and then we also sought the pledges from the public that to, to join us and amplify the message of this campaign we were able to launch this campaign in 2021 on Twitter Twitter, and simultaneously on its website. So there we got a very really good response and on Twitter we actually were able to trend this hashtag I don't forward hate speech uh, among top 10 uh, trends and uh, a lot of people joined us. And then we in the next phase also moved towards creating video messages and and highlighting the plight of religious minorities that how they are being targeted in pakistan and uh, we also made videos and then we made them public on uh, social media platforms Uh, in the next uh, uh, phase of this campaign we also went to uh, organize the road shows in different uh, in the universities where we we wanted to engage with the youth because most of the hate speech on social media because you know it's very natural look at the overall population of pakistan so more than 65% uh, population is youth who fall uh, between the ages of th- 15 and 35 so uh, it was very important uh, because they were uh, to engage with them because they were actually the people who were using social media platforms and they were engaged in spewing hate speech and then they were also uh, exposed to uh, hateful messages as well So it was important to engage with them. And then we chose uh, the universities to engage. And uh, we launched uh, another poster competition to highlight the hate speech issues and then also to raise awareness among them. And we organized the poster competition and people from across the country, they submitted their artistic work and uh, we received more than uh, 100 uh, artistic uh, posters and, and pictures and graphics where they delivered the message of countering hate speech. So I mean, like this is how we ran this campaign and then we, we have also organised different radio shows in Pakistan.
1: Well, Haroon, that's a really great achievement. So for all of you, what's the ultimate goal?
3: The goal, now we have... Sp- Started the journey because we know this is a problem, especially for Iraq, because you know the majority of the minorities, their areas were under ISIS control, and then there has been huge atrocities, and then the reconciliation process is very very slow, and then people started return to the camps, and then and then the government wants to close down the camps, so there are a lot of problems in those areas. So building this network actually with the support of MRG, so that was very very. Important important to keep in contact with them and then to build on it so as an organization we are stronger in that sense. like what we have built also and then we know we have some experience we can use uh, for the future and share it with others as well.
0: I mean our goal is obviously ultimately that people are not affected by hate speech and it was quite interesting that Salam was arguing in a se- in essentially that women who die because they can't get let's say a maternal health service are as important. As a young people who may be killed in Pakistan from a mob attack, and and we need to see both sides of that. Um, and hate speech is about discrimination as well as violence. So that's one just one additional point I wanted to make. But I think the other thing that's interesting about this work for us is that, as I told you, we were working in Myanmar at one point, and. A lot of people believe that governments or the social media companies should be responsible for making sure that their platforms don't carry hate speech. And clearly they should. But personally, I don't see that as an ultimate solution, as as a long term solution to the problem. What we saw was very interesting in Myanmar is that when Facebook started to effectively police what was on its platform, better than it had previously, the hate speech moved platforms and moved in Myanmar to TikTok. But while you have multiple platforms with very large audiences, essentially you're only as strong as your weakest link. And when you think about the variety in terms of where those platforms are based and what jurisdictions have control over them, our ability to to make them uh, police their own content effectively is really quite limited, and so that 's why I agree with Haroon and Salam that in the very long term the, the, the long term solution which is to get the consumers of social media in the way that Haroon was talking about the university road shows and some other things done in Pakistan as well as the the more balanced content in Iraq was was to give people um, more options, more balanced content. And to educate the social media consumer about what is hate speech and why it's damaging. Now, I know that's a huge undertaking and many people don't believe that it's that it's kind of possible. But for me, it's where we should try to put our efforts moving forward.
1: Right, exactly. So you're addressing the actual root of the problem rather than the outlets. Haroon, is there anything else you wanted to add?
2: yeah i well, was just second the uh, the the comments that uh, claire has made like it is very important to uh, engage with youth and educate them it's not only uh, about the people who are uh, exposed to uh, hate speech content in online spaces or offline spaces but it's also important to engage with the authorities as well because in case of pakistan we also saw that uh, hate speech laws are there, but I mean, we cannot uh, deny that uh, those hate speech laws are only used by the authorities Very discriminatory police. This sort of uh, behaviors also need to be checked and uh, we need to uh, respond. So governments uh, need to change their attitude. And then as much as the awareness we can spread uh, on the hate speech issue and the related crimes, it's more important because we also saw that people, they don't have uh, understanding of hate speech at all. The minorities in Pakistan, they themselves have internalized the hate speech issues. You know, people uh, will openly spew hate against them, and they they are they are fine with that because they have internalized this thing. So I mean, like this very uh, dangerous thing. Like people are not paying attention to. So I mean, like massive, massive awareness raising is 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 required.
1: That was Claire Thomas from Minority Rights Group, Salam Omer, Editor-in-Chief of Kirkuk Now, and Haroon Baluch, Senior Project Manager of Bites for All in Pakistan. So for now, goodbye. Join me again soon for another edition of the Uniting Against Hate podcast.